0: Now, here's a highlight from Coast to Coast AM on iHeartRadio. Now, in your book, How Millennials Can Lead Us Out of the Mess We're In, and We Are in a Mess, you kind of weave in Judaism, Islam, oh, and yeah. Christianity. Tell me about that. How'd you do well, that?
1: It, well, it, it, so first of all, it, we, we co-wrote it. I, I, I carried the the water for a lot of it from beginning to end, but Somebody had to. So, I mean, it was just. Yes, yeah, you got to put it I, together. Somebody's got to be captain on the ship. So, but the. What I did was I worked so closely with uh, Rabbi Schreiber and then with uh, Dr. Eunice, and I would pose the same questions to them each about their perspective on the Moses story and on leadership. And I would send the same email to both of them, and then I would get the their responses back. And then I would incorporate that into the text. And so that was how we blended it together, was they would offer their perspectives and then perhaps some particular scripture from either the Hebrew Bible or from the Quran, And that's how we worked it together. What was really interesting is how closely the Moses narrative in the quran follows the story that most people are raised in which is you know what christians call the old testament what jews called the hebrew bible that's right uh, and so they fall they're very close and so but there there's slight differences which are always entertaining a little bit and so there were times though when i was putting the, everything together this was about two years ago and when, when i was really blending the text That I couldn't remember who said what because they, what they would say from a Muslim perspective and from a Judaic perspective, were so close that I had to go back and double check to see who I was quoting.
0: Well, I always remember Moses when I was a kid from uh, watching Ben Hur in the Ten Commandments.
1: Right. Or, yeah, Charlton Heston doing the. Oh, that's
0: right. That's right. Right, right.
1: Well, you got the same actor. And so. And one of the reasons why Cecil B. DeMille chose um, Charlton Heston, according to the story, is that he looked so much like a statue of Moses that was carved that he remembers seeing when he was at the Vatican. Um, And so he liked that. He liked the idea of a slightly westernized-looking Moses. And I think that's part of what we, we talk about, is that Moses has changed... All over the world, there's different kind of Moses's and Moses reflects the culture um, that is telling his story um, in, in where they're allowed to do art, because certainly in Islam, you're not allowed to do representations um of people in that way especially the 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 saints
0: right and and definitely not mohammed that's a no-no
1: right but all of them and so they don't generally most muslims would tell you that they've never seen the movie the ten commandments or the prince of egypt that steven spielberg did the animated version but i mean that you have or you have christian bale in um you know in the uh, in the exodus And there's a guy named Christian, you know, playing Moses, for God's sake. (laughs) So, I mean, it was really interesting to see how all these cultures came into it. And it really just comes to, we have many Moseses. We have a public Moses that we think of, a little bit more like Charlton Heston. And then you've also got more of a religious understanding of Moses, depending on whose tradition you're talking to.
0: Well, the story we hear, of course, is that Moses goes up the mount, comes back with the Ten Commandments that God gave him, right. leads his people out of Egypt, and uh, of course, into the Promised Land, and here we go. And are you saying that the Millennials are Moses?
1: What I'm saying is we can all be Moses. We, we need to be, we all need to be the, the people that deliver us from peace. What's interesting about Millennials, though, and why we were drawing a tighter comparison, you know, if you if I had asked you what what characteristics you typically think of when you think of millennials, what what would they be?
0: I would say young, studious, and very high-tech oriented. <laughs>
1: All right, well, how about the rap on on millennials that they're slow starters in life, they live too long in their mom's basement. There uh, is they they're as often a failure to launch. Uh, And that they tend to do things in a in a very in sort of a group way They like to they work it out in amongst many as opposed to the more unilateral post-war style of leadership Uh, The the, what we call the the command and control style the you know The general at the top of the corporation and then there's lieutenants underneath them and all the way down to the foot soldiers And that used to be a very common way of understanding leadership That's not how Millennials think of leadership, and it's not how Moses did either and so Moses was actually kind of a late bloomer Um, You know he he was very privileged Uh, He lived in a palace he was not anxious really to get out of that for a very long time he had a, he had <laughs> he, a good gig he, going he,
0: he, he kind of liked it didn't he
1: who wouldn't right i mean and so the, it takes an incident it takes him to be sort of pushed over the edge um and here's an interesting difference between the quran and the bible as we know it in the uh, in the in the bible the story of Moses sort of begins when he um, confronts the cruel overseer. That's generally how it's referred to, right This guy, the slave driver who is whipping a slave who had already tried to do his best and was dying. and Moses snaps and in the Bible he kind of looks to the left, looks to the right, and then he attacks the guy, kills him, and drags the overseer out into the sand and buries him. Jeez. In the Quran, uh, they're a little more generous with that, and they say that it's accidental. <laughs> they say so. We're pretty clear that Moses really—it's manslaughter if it's not murder. One, right? I mean, it's it was something, but in the, the Quran, the difference is is that it's a little more understanding, maybe that Moses didn't intend to kill the guy, so they kind of call it, right, sort of call it accidental. And those are the types of things as we look at the Moses narrative as he grows. Um we, we, we start with a guy, and you have to ask, he was a fugitive after that? He was an overprivileged uh, palace dweller? How did he turn into the greatest leader of all time? Uh, and what were the characteristics of him that led him to be considered that way? So I'll ask you, what do you think of as the, the greatest characteristics of a leader?
0: Well, i got to tell you, uh, we're going through some very difficult times right now, and I think the greatest characteristic of a leader is to bring people together. Right. And and I I don't see that happening right now in this country. I don't see it happening on the planet, and it's probably the one thing that uh, is the most disturbing thing for me. Uh, We've got too much division, too much bitterness, too much hate uh, you you can't talk to somebody anymore, Ian, in a normal conversation without one of the other getting upset, and and it's gone right now.
1: Well, I, I hope that's not true for all time. So let's just say right now things are a little tense. But I wanna I will I'll uphold you on something that I think you deserve credit for that I don't think the listeners may know enough about that as the leader of this show. Um you do something which is actually very moses-like which i would list (laughs) as being an, an essential quality for a great leader is that you do not hold the reins so tightly over the rest of us who do this show when you're not in that seat you don't micromanage you let other people be who they are within reason and you have always i believe Um, And I'm 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 assuming this goes back to your news director days and other positions of authority. You seem, just like this show tonight would indicate, happily invested in the success of your colleagues. And it's not just about you. Well said. I would stand by that. I would swear on a stack of. And that's that was actually what Moses did from the very earliest times when he be, when he was being prepared for this leadership to take to, to bring the children of Israel out from underneath the the jackboot of the pharaoh is he was chosen because of his humility the quran and the bible both agree on this that it was the it was an act of tenderness of rescuing a baby lamb or a baby goat depending on which narrative you're looking at And in rescuing that small creature, God saw that and said, that's my leader. That's the guy who can disarm Pharaoh. And that's how it started.
0: Now, the Generation uh, Y, that is what the millennials are, right?
1: Yeah, I mean, Generation Y was a, a kind of a term that got tossed around for a while because it came after Generation X. But that was before it got better defined because of the fact that millennials really, we could see that they came of age in the new millennium. And that was the 9-11 was hugely impactful. Mm -hmm. um, And that was different than just something generic as Generation Y. Generation Y was kind of a, a placeholder name until something better came and along.
0: the generation before the millennials. So <laughs> are they in charge or are they running the show or did we go straight from baby boomers to millennials? Yeah. What happened to them?
1: Well, I mean, you look at like, I mean, so yes, I mean, there are people that fall under the gen X age group and they, they are leaders. My daughters,
0: a, my daughters are in that group. I'm right. Sure.
1: It's a smaller cohort of people. So they're less influential as a generation Um, And there was I'm say this without smiling, but there there was some bitterness within the Gen X. They were a little disaffected. They were the first latchkey generation. It was it was older baby boomers who were going through self-actualization in the 60s and the early 70s that created the latchkey kid movement where they're like, mom's got pottery class. I'm gonna be, you know, working, and then tonight we're going out dancing. We put a frozen dinner for you in the oven. Here's your key. Let yourself in after school. You can watch as many cartoons as you want. <laughs> and and as much as those are broad strokes, that's kind of how the you know Gen X got shaped a little bit. And that's a little bit more. It became a kind of the the era of grunge rock, and it became a a little bit counterculture, but in a different way. And it's not that they don't have their importance. I think Kamala Harris would fall under that. Uh, category. I think she's just Gen X. Mm -hmm. Um, But mostly, yeah, just by sheer size, it pretty much skips from Baby Boomer's uh, to millennials and once more gen xers are kind of screwed again because they're all they were left holding the bag on the uh, whole
0: yeah, uh, it's right it's gonna on the happen mortgage again.
1: crisis and they're gonna be you know i feel bad for gen xers in a lot of ways because they always seem to get caught in the squeeze a little bit
0: well what are we as a group leaving to the millennials to carry the torch for i mean what well, what are we going to give them we've got COVID 19 right yeah. now which has been <laughs> devastating i mean right. th- they don't have much of a start here
1: Right. Well put. And so this, again, is the reason why we kind of need to let them solve that problem for themselves. And I think this is why this isn't in the book, but this is my personal feeling that the RNC and the DNC should put a lot more money into raising up that next generation of leaders and discourage the septuagenarians from, from trying to control things and make things just the way they want them before they die. And I think this is, I, I understand that impulse, in fact, that is also in the Bible. Ecclesiastes warns against that, uh, that we can spend all this time making things just the way we want it, and then we realize that all it was just vanity. It doesn't really, nobody appreciated it. And so we have to leave that generation of leadership coming up to make these important decisions for
0: themselves. Listen to more Coast to Coast AM every weeknight at 1 a.m. Eastern, and go to coasttocoastam.com for more.